0: Yeah
1: pick these out which topic would you like to hit first
2: i guess how does the bible explain lgbtq or where does christianity stand on that i was gonna say based on the bible but
1: well that is kind of what we're supposed to be basing most of our views off of is that as best as we can uh but no i would say that uh there is as far as the lgbtq spectrum it would be in my opinion considered to be a sinful item as much as other things to even probably things like uh smoking and drinking and other things that you just that people already have that they know of as their own bad habits already
3: it's uh, part of the law about a man sleeping with a man and a woman with a woman it's that's an abomination to God and and for a reason because sex was for procreation that's why we get married and have kids and when you in the act with another man or woman that's not um, what happens and it's purely a uh, personal or um, what's the word I'm looking for help me out Mark what's the word I'm looking for (laughs) Personal, selfish pleasure
2: I think the struggle for me with all of it is the, like, like the hate that comes with it and the um, intolerance based on that being a sin and not, I don't know. It, it's just not, is there a scale? Like, is there a scale like some sins are worse than others or I would have um, to I, say I just that so much, um,
3: and to God, it's all the same penalty as death if if you're following Catholics, Catholics, There are the seven deadly sins, and I'm not sure if they rank one worse than the other. But getting back to what you said about the hate, you know, when we came to the church, that's when the closet door was open at that time. It was two thousand and one, around that time. And our pastor pretty much said, look, you know, you love the sinner, you hate the sin. Mm -hmm. So that person is in, in our opinion, in sin. You try to help him out or her out of that. You don't throw them away. I've always taught my kids, God doesn't make garbage. So everyone has the opportunity to find salvation up to the time as a thief on the cross. So the time you close your eyes for the final time, you can seek that forgiveness um, and have a change of, of heart. The hatred is that those are other people who may be living their own sinful world and and not looking at things from a Christ point of view.
1: Uh, I would have to say that if you're looking at it from the point of view, kind of going back to your question, there is—is there a scale on things? I would have to say that yes. In my opinion, there are some sins that are worse than others, and a, part of the reason that I'm basing this opinion off of is whenever you go back to the uh, Leviticus and around in those times where they start passing down what the laws are, you got certain amount of atone. Uh, of atonement that you're supposed to be able to do to try to make up for your shortfallings and depending on what they are depends on what it was that you were supposed to do. Depending on what some of the other uh, sins and everything would have been is also is whether or not other people would be able to be justified in those olden times to be able to do things like kill you back in resort if you ended up killing one of their family members for one reason or another they had set rules and stuff for things like that if even if somebody else died on accident from your own accord it was within the law for them to be able to another family member or something to kill you back, unless you flee to the city of sanctuary for your area, and then you like had an eye
2: for an eye type of thing. Yeah,
1: like an eye for an eye type of things. That there, there were there were things like that. Different levels for different things. Also, on top of that, you got. Other things that in the Bible were pointed out to be uh, uh, more of an issue or spoke about how bad they were compared to the fact that so many other things were not mentioned as much. Now, silence. No, don't get me wrong. Silence is not an answer on uh, certain things on how bad they are or not. But whenever you point something out, you already know that you would be on the wrong side of the line from a, a moral standpoint if you're pointing out the atrocities of it. Uh, one example of that would be whenever uh, Jesus was talking about how bad it would be for you to harm or mislead any of the uh, children and stuff, it would be better for you to be cast out with a millstone around your neck out in the water to drown.
2: Yeah, so but- and I think the reason I asked that and premarital sex, I guess there's, I guess all my questions, I guess have to do with sex for some reason. That was not intentional, but would that be on the same on the same level as premarital sex?
3: Sexual immorality is is. Well, it goes back to what you were saying, Kinsey. I, I, I kind of understand what you were saying about the Leviticus and the laws that were written, but through the blood of Christ, I thought that that those were gone. Now we have a new covenant and the Ten Commandments are now all the law. And I I don't. Well, I mean, if you're
1: going based off of new covenant, new covenant, you could effectively say that nine out of the Ten Commandments are the quote unquote law because the uh, having your Sabbath rest in the salvation of Christ would not make it hardcore required that you would be taking and, and and observing the sabbath out of the 10 but we also understand that it would be to your benefit to do those things as well so you can focus on some of these things that should be you know more important for your development well-being mental rest and everything like that
2: i, I have right. a, a, i never heard that before kenzie i've always thought that the day of rest I never knew that that was attached to Christ. I always thought that was God's thing because God, I didn't know that that was attached to.
1: The the, The first establishment out of Scripture would be the example that God had set forth in the story of the creation where he made the world in six days and on the seventh he rested. So basically off of that, it is understood that he set the pattern for that. And then later on, whenever the Hebrews were being set up and prepared to be able to leave out of Egypt, if you remember the different curses and stuff that was uh, going over the land in order to be able to get the Hebrews Freed, if you remember, even, you know, in the wonderful movie by uh, Charlton Heston where uh, he parted the seas later on, uh, one of those curses was out of the mouth of Pharaoh himself where it would be that all of the firstborn should die. And that was the setup for the Passover where everybody else had marked their doorposts for their homes with lamb's blood so that the angel of death would pass over them and they wouldn't be suffering the uh, death of their children from that and in remembrance of that basically was wasn't just the fact that they had a day of rest that was considered to be their uh, based off of that their standard day which uh, I'm trying to remember. I believe it was Friday evening until Saturday evening on mm-hmm. the Jewish tradition. And then, basically, like I said, with the new covenant, it wouldn't be a requirement, but it's still to our benefit. You know, you don't have to do certain things, but you see where you would profit off of good habits and everything, right? And off of that idea, essentially, Christians out of tradition and everything and practice afterwards started observing the Sabbath on Sunday in remembrance of Christ being found not in the tomb.
3: That's correct. Well I mean, think that's the a lot. Some still say that Sabbath is on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. But neither here nor there, it's this you're supposed to observe that one day of rest and for meditation and, and focusing above, and not on self. The commandments, though, Kenzo, uh, it was the first five are toward your relationship with God, and then the second five is your relationship with
1: people. First, f- first four or are for your relationship with God. You don't use His name in vain. You observe the Sabbath. You don't worship idols. Uh, Mother and father. Yeah, well, mother and father is the first one that's not directed toward God, and that is the establishing establishing the respect and the relationship between uh, the parents and the, and the uh, children.
2: I'm assuming everyone Christians is everybody like on the same page, because there are different Bible. Like I keep saying, St. James, King James, and then International. Like I don't know the difference. Would there be a difference? Because I think the questions I'm asking are moral and pretty subjective, I think. But what is the difference in the moral questions based on the Bible that you read? Or is there?
3: That's a good question. Uh, we had this discussion a while back as far as the translations go. We've never really gotten to the differences between, for instance, in the Catholic Bible, there are books that were ordained as being Hand uh, from from God that are not in the King James Version or any versions that are in the King James, me and Kathy are born again Christians or evangelicals. I read the new king james version I, I, I just like the way the wording is it 's more to the original translation from Greek and Aramaic uh, in my opinion from life my research have done there 's a whole Bunch of translations out there. There's the uh, English Standard Version, and those versions were created to help people better understand the Word of God. I mean, if you everyone was stuck into King James it would allow "thou's" and "these" <laughs> and <laughs> right, oh, it's like Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, a little Bible with a list. So there are differences between a Catholic Bible. There are differences between Jehovah Witnesses. There's there's Mormon is not a, well, that's not really Christianity, but there are differences. For instance, a Catholic faith is more a works-based faith. They believe in purgatory where you can create, you can uh, put sins in a place called purgatory. And they take that from um, Abraham's bosom where uh, when, when when Christ passed he went to Abraham's wasn't freed. That was there. Um, that's
2: kind of a new thing, right? I don't think that that was because I remember pur- Purgatory's old.
3: Yeah, that, that's that's the okay. base of Catholic.
2: That's the, the, the whole the, basis, really.
3: Yeah, is that
1: you know? That's depending um, on if you actually believe in an actual purgatory as well. Well, that,
3: that's what Catholics. I mean, there is. Yeah. My family's Catholic. They believe that there is a a place to atone for your sins pass, and that the prayers of the living can absolve you or uh, hide your sins from from god i, I don't I don't believe that.
1: Now, when you're looking at different Bible versions and translations, (laughs) then there is not a lot of difference in most of them. The Catholic Bible is going to be your biggest one because they have that extra set of books that is referred to, if you want to look it up, it's called the Apocrypha. And that is a book of, what is it, Enoch and Maccabees and a few others. I grew up.
2: Yeah, I grew up Catholic. Yeah.
1: Other than those books that are part of the apocrypha, virtually every other Bible has got all of the other remaining books in it. Uh, between different translations and versions, there is actually not a lot of difference. But there, but whenever you got half a dozen or a dozen different things to where the meanings a little bit off, you're going to have people. It's going to stick to it pretty hard. And saying that that is a major issue on some things, but for the most part, most of the Bibles are fairly well in sync from from each other. If you're looking for a good Bible of some sort, you want what would be referred to as a uh, thought-for-thought translation that is based off of the earlier scriptures that you can find as opposed to a word for word translation
2: yeah so yeah that was another question I had so how do you read the Bible do you take it literally or do do you look for a translation to fit it, it depends on modern.
1: what part of the re- Bible you're reading because the not including the Apocrypha, the Bible itself is actually a small library of books whenever you look look into it because everybody already thinks Old Testament, New Testament, and mm-hmm. so many people in modern day society looks at the Bible as just one book, not a catalog. So all of these different books that were put together you got 40 uh, you got uh, 60 different books in your regular mo- regular modern day bible re- attributed to 40 different authors.
3: Some of the books are or like for Revelation is not necessary um work uh, uh how do you put it? It's, it it uh you're reading it through the eyes of John but it's more of a um it's, what he saw the future to be so It's not really um, it's something that you have to interpret yeah. on, on your own. Yeah. God's Word, when you read the Bible, God will speak to you through the words. Yeah. Uh, my interpretation at, at the time that I'm reading um, Romans, for instance, may be different from yours, uh, depending on where you are in your walk with Christ and and what you're going through and what God wants to reveal to you in those passages.
2: So let my life be. American Pride Roasters coffee. Historically, great coffee.
4: AmericanPrideRoasters.com I know a place where we can go To lay the troubles down
3: wasn't written by God. It was written by prophets. God
2: inspired.
0: I
3: guess. It, well,
0: man. And it, 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 by,
2: man inspired by
3: God. by God. Right. So man wrote it through the inspiration of God. Right. Except where I think, if you want to go through the first Genesis, uh, was the Gen- first, five, first five books the Torah. by Moses yeah. was given to Moses through. God
2: himself. But not
3: necessarily chronologically. Right. Exactly. No, no, now, no. the other issue too, is, is there's a chronological Bible which kind of puts things in a little different order than what when you pick up a Bible from uh, the Bible store. Um, there's, you know, it starts from Genesis to Revelations, but chronologically, some of those books would be in different orders it, depending on the date uh, that they're uh, attributed to being written. Because isn't
2: there a revelation? references to revelations in genesis i think isn't there
3: the old testament is is the prophecy that christ fulfills right Mm
2: -hmm. so
3: there are things that are in the old testament that are towards the end yes
1: yeah Mm -hmm. it it doesn't it doesn't reference the the book of revelation by name but there are times where the world would be ending that you would be seeing from time to time where they're in both spoke of in both locations
2: Okay, because that's where um, I saw. This was last week. I I said it on our show, Kinsey. Um, but I think that's where I read about Lot. Right? W- was that in Genesis?
1: Yeah, Lot and he, Lot being uh, Lot and the his Tomar wife Saul. and yeah, the Sodom Boy, and Christ Gomorrah. The God and Sodom and Gomorrah. God, Sodom and Gomorrah. Right.
2: Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. There's Patrick. Hey. Late comer. For, for the longest time. I thought Sodom and Gomorrah were people. I had no idea there were two different places. <laughs>
3: No, they were, they were they were cities And I think actually Now, I'm kind of a documentary buff And even, um, I watch a lot of the documentaries In search of and things like that They they said they found The city of, of Gomorrah That there was an actual city So a lot of people ask the same questions Are, are those cities real? Were they really around? Or that's just, you can go, the, the Bible You can pick out certain cities And they were actually there Outside of the Bible authors There were uh, secular people Josephus being one of them who wrote the history of, of Judaism and told you that hey, this city was here and this is the truth? And so, yeah, Samgamora did exist, and it were two bad, bad cities.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, keep
0: in mind that what passed for a city in seventeen hundred BC is a Difference. far cry from anything <laughs> from a city you can now or right?
2: a city today. <laughs> yes, that would probably be a lead up to my question about incest, but I'm going to wait because we still got uh, one thing, and this is a so I guess biblical issue about the lgbtq and we're talking about the sins um so is it um a choice or is it purposeful lust or is it um a weakness or
3: sin is a personal choice So you have a choice to to sin or not to sin i'm a believer in free will god has given you the ability to think for yourself
2: it's a combo of all of it as far as i'm concerned It's just a combo of all of it because it
0: all depends where you are in your life, you know, what's going on and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's sin is usually because the way the Bible describes it is we all have a sin nature and everybody has their sins that they are weak towards some people. You know, it's, it's the old three that, that are always around. It's, it's, Either you know the, the lust of the eyes, the, the pride of the ego, you know, or the greed. It's, it's these things that we desire after that to an extent are natural, but we're never content with the natural function. We want to push it to its limits. We don't just want power. We want as much Absolutely. power as we can imagine. Yep. You know. We right. don't just want, you know, even knowledge you can read a thousand different philosophers and be the best PhD in the world on philosophy. And I guarantee you that person wants to be recognized for it and they enjoy their status. And it's the same thing with our sex drive, our sex drive, especially
2: today in today's society, I think is bloated way beyond portion. I mean, I don't agree with everything Freud ever said, believe me, I I, I studied (laughs) that, but he was right about that. As far as what sex drive, the ego, and yeah. sex is a major, a major drive when it comes to humans and the decisions they make.
0: Yeah. And it, and it, it always has been, and it, it's one of the, the top stumbling blocks of we'll call it a cohesive and good society in God's eyes.
3: King David with Bathsheba.
0: With <laughs> yeah. Even in Leviticus, the very first laws, it tells them, Actually, I think it's Deuteronomy. When they come into the land, they are commanded, do not multiply wives for yourselves, because that was what you did as a king. You had concubines and you married many, many daughters for political power and alliances and, you know, legitimacy. So that was a huge stumbling block. I think Solomon had what, 500 wives, 1,000 concubines?
3: I mean, he was the wisest man of all, right? mm -hmm. He was the wisest man.
2: You that know? must be they, why, in yeah. other religions, where you get the seventy-two virgins, that must be a huge driver. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm sure it is. But I'm sure his wife must be happy about that. <laughs> you know, and it,
0: it's it's really bad because Solomon was the guy who wrote, "Be satisfied with the wife of your youth." In other words, that one that you pledged yourself to, repledge yourself as often as you can. Because if you don't, yeah, you're the lust of your eyes and your heart, and everything is just going to that's what's going to pull you away.
2: Yeah. I had heard this one philosophy of, of nowadays, um, nowadays a couple of years ago, and it was called um, just what you were talking about, Patrick. It was a uh, cheesecake and porn. We're never satisfied with just nourishment. We need more. Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly,
0: you know, we have no problem um, spotting gluttony in ourselves. When mm-hmm. you talk to somebody about, well, maybe you should check your sex drive. Well, now you're going to get into a heated argument because you don't think it's stretched out as far as it is, and you can't go with a billboard, or with a TV commercial, with without anything, without alluding
4: to oh yeah, some sort of lust. Exactly right. I, I don't think we ever answered Melissa's original question. I don't think we did. Maybe I missed it. Well, I missed uh, the original question. So. Yeah. Well, she said she said the difference between. Homosexuality, LGBTQ, and premarital sex uh, I think the question was Are they both equal sins Or is one kind of more offensive than the other?
3: Here's a real-life story that affects 50% of all of us out there. It's called Divorce. If you've gotten divorced and now you're struggling to pay your bills and your credit card debts are completely out of control, you need to call this special debt relief hotline right now. We help people with all kinds of money problems caused by different life challenges, a divorce, a job loss, even heavy medical bills. All these life events can sometimes financially stress you out and cause you to get out of control. We help people get their lives back by showing them ways to consolidate and reduce their debt, in some cases for a fraction of what they owe. If your credit card balances are more than $10,000, call us and learn how to reduce your credit card bills
1: and monthly payments now. Here's our number. Paid for by Debt.com. 800-656-9173. 800-656-9173. 800-656-9173. That's 800-656-9173. Hello, everyone. I'm Donna Fiducia. And I'm Don Newton of Cowboy Logic. Ladies and gentlemen, the mainstream media has completely failed the American people.
0: At Cowboy Logic and Mojo Five O, we will not fail you.
1: That's right. And all you Mojo warriors out there, if you don't go to bed every night absolutely fatigued from trying to restore America from the destruction that's taken place, you're just not doing enough.
0: At Mojo Five O, we will not fail you.
1: It's original. It's bold. It's patriotic. It's American.
2: It's American Pride. It's American Pride Roasters coffee. Historically, great coffee. AmericanPrideRoasters.com
4: think we ever answered melissa's original question i don't think we did maybe i missed it well i missed uh, the original question so
0: <laughs>
4: well she said she said the difference between homosexuality lgbtq and premarital sex uh i think the question was are they both equal sins or is one m- kind of more offensive than the other i don't think we ever really answered her question well in, 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 in a in a very tangible way
1: well I always look at it as this way: there are just because, like I was saying on some laws with different punishments rated on what kind of sins some sins were talked about uh, as being abominations and how horrible they are, and other sins were not we 're not really given the full length course i mean i got I, I would hate to see what the whole length of everything that would be sinful would be that would be uh, uh, that would be a never ending story, just that one list alone but i do believe that some are worse but the issue is the standard is to be sinless well, okay, so anyone I mean, okay. go ahead
2: see the re- the reason i asked um because in my because obviously i'm asking these questions cuz i'm going through change and uh questions and uh questioning everything and one of the th- the reason i point that out is because of well well one of the things social media that's why i asked about the hatred anybody with a microphone or a keyboard can be very mean right when they don't have to be seen and so but i'm also studying uh critical thinking everybody thinks they're a critical thinker everybody yeah. does if i said are do you think critically Most of the time, people are going to say, are you smarter than most people in this area? We all do it. It's our human nature to have that cognitive bias. But when I talk about LGBTQ and premarital sex, the way I grew up learning, like they were, they were kind of equal, but with people, sometimes I think when they take the Bible and since they kind of get, they use this cognitive bias or their innate desire to preserve themselves to where. You know, they've never done anything homosexual, but yeah, they probably had premarital sex. So they're going to put that on a different scale. Not that that's right or wrong, but it's kind of like the self preservation bias that we have.
1: That's well, well, you ought not say whether you agree with me or not, but I was having this conversation to a degree with uh, David Oney uh, earlier this week. And basically, whenever we brought it up, uh, what I told him was, is that I have a lot more respect for a monogamous homosexual couple than I do for promiscuous heterosexuals. Okay, yeah.
2: promiscuous. But what about... They have sex twice before they get married.
1: That like, is a homosexual not...
2: Homosexual gets married.
1: Right. That promiscuous is not just having sex once or twice, in my opinion. It's a different level than just a, t- a couple yeah, of times but, before yeah. getting married. Right. Promiscuity was- is multiple partners, pretty much. Right.
0: I think from all my years of studying the Bible, and I really wasn't sold on Christianity till about 30, so it's only been what about... 25 to 26 years now, really this comes down to a relational God time and time again, he's described in the old Testament as the living God or a living God. All right. As opposed to all of the other gods, you know, which are stone wood, things like that. So God tries to set up the best he can, ideal relationships. And, when you find like in there, if, if you get caught in adultery that you're both supposed to be killed, is was a capital crime. And let's face it. If somebody comes in and shoots me in the head, it's terrible for my family. I suffered for whatever seconds or possibly hours in the hospital, you know, that I may not even be conscious of my suffering. And that's it. When you have somebody has pledged their life to you and pledged their loyalty to you and pledged everything to you and they betray you. That is the worst form of hurt. I think you can visit on another human being. Right. And the same way goes for a lot of what you find in the old Testament law. It's betrayals of God. God tried to say to the Israelites, because you got to remember he pulled them out of Egypt. They thought like Egyptians, they worship like Egyptians for 400 years, they had been doing the Egyptian thing. For a couple hundred of them, they had been slaves. But they still thought like that. They didn't have a Bible. They didn't have the Old Testament, any of these scriptures. They had a few clan stories and uh, maybe the book of Job before it was ever put down. And that's all they had. They didn't even have the sacrifices or Levitical law or anything. When God pulls them out of that, he tries to get them to understand monotheism. Israelites, time and time again, from that point on to the Babylon captivity, they kept adding gods into the Pantheon with God. At one point, they even gave him a wife on a couple of occasions because all the tribes around him, all the nations around him, people groups thought that their gods had wives. It was just, it was too hard for them to get away from. And this was betrayal on God's point. And I think with when it comes down to homosexuality and everything, we see it as it's a non-natural function. If you take this from just strictly Darwinism or whatever, it's a non-natural function that is sort of a pressure relief valve in nature. They're, they're dead far as evolution's concerned because there's no offspring coming from that. There's no gene propagation or anything coming from that. But there is massive amounts of, in any promiscuous society, STDs and things like this These are also things God wants to avoid And so when we look at sin We've got to look at his heart To what he's really trying to get across
3: Right, well, uh, just to add uh, Corinthians uh, Doing my studies, uh, chapter 6 Flee from Sexual immorality Every other sin a person commits Is outside the body The sexual immoral Person sins against His own body and that's where I think what makes it pre- sexual immorality, whether it's premarital sex or homeless, it's, it's a sin against the body, as I said before. We want our hearts to be as Christ was. That's what, we, that's what we apply to a Christ-like heart. And if your heart, you're sinning against your own body, then you're sinning against God, and that's where I think the trouble lies.
0: And that's hey, right. Okay. Made in his image according to the Bible. Correct. Okay, so this so goes to
4: the that, question... Go ahead.
0: I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Go ahead, Mark. It's your turn
1: to talk.
4: <laughs> well, now, M- Melissa can can correct me here, but I was I want to go back. I think Melissa, you said that you know, the comparison homosexuality LGBTQ to premarital sex. I, I think I took it as you were distinguishing between those two and how they are weighed as far as uh, I guess their sinfulness. Is that is that kind of what you were saying? Exactly. Okay. Well, so. Go ahead, Patrick. Oh. I was going to say, you're always going to have,
0: as, as somebody who studied psychology, you have to know that people always try and put, everybody you know wears the white hat, all right? Even the people on death row think they were wearing the white hat, all right? <laughs> so when you have the majority who the natural function is heterosexuality, all right, and you have homosexuals, even people in the church, and I've seen this a lot, are real quick to go well yeah i have my problem with sins but i'm not like that guy and of course soon as you said that you know if you have any sort of cognition you you have to realize that your pride and everything is completely just undermined your own statement it's an unfortunate thing that there is the church has almost given up drawing the line on premarital sex and now it's almost drawing giving up the line on you know homosexuality in a lot of circles it's just It's not holding the line like it should be. It should be saying that, you know what, your premarital sex is just as bad as homosexuality. Don't do it. That should be the line in the sand. And that's that's a tough pill for anybody in our modern culture
4: to swallow. It's almost impossible. I think even a person who tends to sympathize with the homosexual, if you ask them, is homosexuality a sin? That's an uncomfortable question to ask them because if you look at what Islam says about it, what yeah. the Hebrew Old Testament says about it, Christianity actually in, in the in the New Testament is actually is more I don't want to say mild but what I found in there was that Paul said those who participate in all these sins including homosexuality will not inherit the kingdom of God. So right. there's nothing really good there's nothing good about homosexual behavior because it is not it's not natural it's not god's natural order but here's the question that i want to ask you all I wanna, it's pretty much if you're a christian you want to live for god and glorify him you probably don't want to engage in homosexual activity and you want to save yourself from marriage you, that's that's probably the best way to go in fact it is the best way to go however i had a college professor tell me and this guy was no liberal at all he said we were talking about this one time he said you know if you have a young couple dating and they are in love and they are not engaging in self-gratifying behavior and they make love, and it is love even though they're not married, he said, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to find that as a sin. If they are truly doing it, not out of self-gratification, you know, but truly in love for each other, he says, I could see someone making that real argument that that is love and that God would not condemn that. Now I'm not saying I agree with the guy, but I'm, I want to throw it out to you guys because this was a Kentucky Westland, you know, is you know it's, it was private Methodist College. But I want to throw it out to you all. What do you think about what he just said?
1: I, it's it's but a yeah, little he, bit more I, I, I than got, that. I got it from him that it's not a. <laughs> I mean, no, it, it's not a sin. It's a little bit more but than I that. I have but,
0: to doubt the the statement about self gratification because if you're angling for premarital sex. And let's face it, it's always either one party or both parties can't control themselves. That's what leads to premarital sex is when you're doing it. In other words, you're doing it for self-desire or because you want to give in to and fulfill the other person because you love them so much. So marriage still enters into that whole picture. It's 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 a question of, hey, if we love each other. Let's wait. And I think if you look into the statistics, statistics on cohabitation and premarital sex before marriage have higher divorce rates than those who abstain and get married and continue on. It's just, it's just the way it works.
2: Are they all judged the same though? A sin is a sin is a sin. Um, Who just said Kinsey, I think, but are they judged the same? I know I talked about, Levels of how bad a sin is, but in the end, are they judged the same? Like if a sex, uh, a sex, a couple has premarital sex, but they devote their lives to the community and charity and and helping people, are and to each other, and to each other, and absolutely, each other. and they and they raise their children in a wholesome way, are they? Judged the same way that uh, another couple that has premarital sex that turn into swingers and get divorced and are just bad people and they steal and lie. Like they both couples had premarital sex, bro. They, okay, wait a minute. I just answered my own question because they were doing other <laughs> things that were bad.
1: smoked by j-pound
2: before you rush you need to flush (laughs) what what i mean is before you start your normal daily routine wake up to a tall drink of water That first glass will help flush out whatever toxins that settled in overnight and wakes up your organs. It's also better than a cup of coffee to shake off grogginess and get you energized right off the bat. Help kick your metabolism into gear and start the day hydrated. And while we're on the subject, starting the day with a glass of water also helps you feel full so you won't rush to the donuts as soon as you step inside the office. Stay hydrated, stay healthy, and remember, there can't be smoke without fire. So let's light it up.
1: Go to Smoke Show Fitness on Facebook or contact Smoke Show Fitness for personalized nutrition and fitness coaching. 405 240 1807.
4: When I was just a baby, my mama taught me, girl, you best believe in Jesus if you make it.
1: Everybody is judged the same except for those people that have accepted Christ and had Christ go ahead and take their sins. their sins and yep. turn their life repentance. over to Christ. It's not just, oh, I'll give everything to Christ and then I'll live the way that I want to do it. No, that is not a relationship with Christ. That is not being repentant.
0: It's right. The true repentance. That change. Make, so if, you your go, heart. if you go back to the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said something that I can't imagine his the crowd was too happy hearing, which was one, he said, If you he said, unless your righteousness exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of, of heaven. Now, you gotta remember in those days they weren't the bad guys that Christians know scribes and Pharisees as today. These were like the rock stars of the average person—they were seen as uber religious, uber observant, uber everything. All right, they dotted their eyes and crossed their T's. Difference between they were looked up to is pillars of society. Yep. All right. D- difference between and then the uh... Jesus ends is the whole thing with. So I tell you, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Mm-hmm. So that was the standard he set up was perfection. Now when we have premarital sex. We're judged on that act. We've fallen short of the standard. Now, if another couple has premarital sex and they exceed my righteousness, those acts are judged one and independently, kind of like a a judge would judge somebody in a courtroom of, yeah, okay, you robbed a liquor store, but you didn't shoot the clerk. Next guy comes in, he shot the clerk, you robbed a liquor store and you shot the clerk. It's two crimes. So, our judgment is always what the Bible calls just Bible says, eventually every knee will, and will bow and every tongue will confess that Christ is worthy is, is, is just. And that includes even the people who end up being damned. They're going to say, they're going to look at it and go, yeah, this was, this is kosher. This was right.
3: Right. But, but the, the penalty for sin, what whatever sin it is, is the man. penalty is death, of course. Separation from God. Uh, let's let's right. not call it The separation from God. So the only saving grace you have is through the blood of Christ. By accepting Christ, he shields your sins at the judgment seat of God. I don't know if that answers her question as far as there is no difference between premarital sexual sin or homosexuality sin or robbing somebody or blaspheming against the Lord. Uh, there, they, to, to God it's all the same it's all sin and the penalty for sin is in the Bible called death or separation from God forever
0: yeah we were now, called to be holy we were called to be in his image and we chose the route that said we want to be our own
1: gods To some, you know? if, if we admit okay, it to some take, degree all of us question, did that then. I'm sorry let's take this question then am I up?
4: yes You're Mark right. yes. go Mark okay. So as a Christian, as a Christian, if we stumble and have a homosexual relationship, will that separate us from God? Or if we are a Christian and we have premarital sex, will that separate us from God?
3: If you're not repenting, I would say yes. Yes. Just just because God understands that you are going to fall. We We are sinners by nature. So even though we accept Christ, it's still... A work that we, we still have to constantly, on a daily basis, imitate Christ as best we can, and we always seem to fall short. You have to you
2: have to
3: die to the flesh. So I, right It's what Paul said. Every day you have to to die to the flesh every morning and be resurrected as a new person in Christ on a daily basis. So in that position, if you didn't, if you are a Christian and you fell and were in a homosexual relationship and you didn't seek forgiveness for that and change, then, yeah, I would say you're, you'd be sinful and you couldn't hide behind being a Christian. Because what kind of Christian are you? <laughs> if you're all well, that, I mean, and you don't repent and do not change, then are you really a Christian to begin with?
2: That's a, really I have a lot of those questions because of uh, based on social media and how... Yeah you're you're this a little bit Christian or this a little bit Christian or or I've seen um, based on what I said earlier about how mean and nasty people are online they are Christian but they claim to be Christian and then they are so nasty online and it's like well we're all sinners we're all based on sin and and it's like didn't want Jesus to die for nothing
0: if anybody
2: ever said that I'd be shocked I mean I'd be I've seen it. Didn't want oh, well, and I and I relate that back to growing up as a Catholic and me looking at the elders in the church. And it's like they can do whatever the heck they want to. They go to confession every Wednesday, say a couple of our fathers, throw a few Hail Marys in there, they start all over again on yep. Thursday.
0: That's, Matt uh, used that's, to that's, confuse
2: that's, the F out of me.
3: Well, that's the difference between Catholicism where this purgatory you can atone I mean as a Christian you just can't keep sinning there is there is no uh, but but uh, I've
2: seen but Arthur I've seen so many people land on that uh we're all sinners we're all sinners and I can basically do whatever I want you know yes but 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 Paul is very
0: clear that if your heart is still inclined to sin which he calls slavery Paul all right yeah he, he equivalents it to slavery. And he said, if you have been set free from your chains and you turn around to the thing that enslaved you again, then there's no covering Christ can give for you because he's he's already been crucified once. And you haven't taken seriously what it is that part of the penance that we've, that we've lost was in the old days, even the Reformed and the, the non-Catholics Lutherans and everything else. Penance was a sort of meditation on exactly how bad you are and how far short you've just stumbled in front of a holy God. And it is a sort of confession and it is sort of, but it, it's a realization that at all times, humility is what's called for. Mm-hmm. All right. Now that can't be maintained because we're people. Mm-hmm. You put my wife in the car with me, sitting next to me while I'm driving, and 10 seconds later, my blood pressure is probably 50 points higher than it should be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I don't have it. And it's like, I've, I've told her we've, cause we've laughed about it and talked about it afterwards. I said, I have no defense for that. I don't know what it is, but there's a button that just gets pushed and there's no shield. There's nothing I can do. There's no much I can prepare myself for the day just to shield that button within 10 minutes. It's like, you should have drove.
2: I should be sitting in the master seat. Close your eyes. Put some earbuds <laughs> in. Don't even pay attention. Just sit in the back yep. seat. <laughs> uh,
4: Patrick, I just want to tell you, I, I know I've missed my third meeting here, but already I just want to tell you, I really love you, man. I love you. <laughs> I, I, I've been there. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm yep. amazed that I can actually, actually find a parking place by myself. I, I, as opposed to my lovely wife well, with me.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> the funny thing, because I'm 52 miles one-way commute, but I can't drive across town, okay?
1: <laughs> now... Get, I know that. Now, I'll add a little bit more, because if we're talking about Paul, he also has what people what what a couple of people would refer to is his doo doo speech. He talks about how he wants to do the things that he doesn't do and the things that he right. does do. He doesn't want to do It's that conflict and that temptation and that inner struggle and battle you have constantly. And whenever you're dealing with people, that proclaim to be qu- Christian here is one of the biggest dividing lines for me is if they talk about something that is known to be sinful and say that it is OK at whatever level, that's a problem. That is a huge difference than. Struggling against something that you know that is wrong, but you're having problems getting away from. Yep. Absolutely.
0: There's a difference between a battle and surrender. And that's,
1: that's about as easy as I can put it. One of the most unfair things about the Christian faith is how judgment is going to be for certain people depending on their last choice. Because we can have the couple similar to what you were talking about before. Maybe they had a couple couple of rounds of premarital sex. And then you go through the rest of their life and you don't see anything that is a problem. And then you have somebody else that has been living life on the edge, being a rebel, screwing things up and enjoying it all the way up until they' until they get to be a ripe old age, and if they actually look back and regret all of the stuff that they've done, despite how much it is, if they actually fully turn themselves around and actually do dedicate themselves to Christ, they're the ones making yeah. it to heaven. Not the uh, almost no. perfect couple that you can't find problems with. Because without Christ, even that one little thing, you fall short of the standard. That's the most you know, unfair thing about the Christian faith well, right there. How's
3: it unfair? Those people had their entire life to accept the gift of Christ. Right? The
1: unfair part of it faith. is is all of us that accept Christ don't get what we deserve. That's the unfair right. part. It's a change of heart.
3: It's not real. I was going to say, I think all the time, but if your heart has a
2: pretty cheap
0: word that we're using here, repentance takes a look back and there is a deep regret that you can't change the things that you've done. If you could, in a heartbeat, you would take the actions to recompense or right that wrong that's true repentance i can't even remember the name of the 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 murderer's name he was a rapist serial murderer and rapist he actually basically kidnapped the wrong woman who happened to be a christian after a long talk he actually gave his life to god went to prison didn't even fight with the standing that said he should be executed was a model prisoner up until that day brought others to faith um, it was said that even the warden and the the guards on death row wept when he was given his lethal injection. There's a man who, and like he said many times to people, I can't undo what I've done. If I could, I would. All right? That's, that's the kind of repentance that God is after. So when Christians use it cheaply as, you know, I'll go to confession, I will repent for it tomorrow, I will, you know... They're really, really not understanding What they're talking about And if I can see it And you can see it it. Surely an omniscient God who's holy Who can see not only every word That comes out of my mouth But every thought that drove those words out He can see it And when he meets me face to face I'm going to be the one who's In the witness stand witnessing against me My own memories and my own mind Saying, "Yeah, I didn't believe it. I used it as an excuse because I know what I did. Where am I going to go from there?" Would
3: anyone care? Would anyone cry?
1: This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo
4: Five O.